like to um, read one of my favorite short suttas, or at least um, the general synopsis of it. <clears throat> because for one who is virtuous and follows the ethical norms, there is no need to want, may freedom from remorse arise in me. This is in accordance with nature, that for one who is virtuous and follows the ethical norms, freedom from remorse arises. For one who is free from remorse, there is no need to want may gladness arise in me, because this is in accordance with nature, that for one who is free from remorse, gladness arises. Because for one who is glad, there is no need to want, may joy arise in me, <clears throat> rapture. Because it is in accordance with nature that for one who is glad-hearted, rapture arises. Because for one who is rapturous, there is no need to want, may my body be relaxed. This is in accordance with nature that for one who is rapturous, the body is relaxed. One whose body is relaxed, there is no need to want, may I feel happiness. This is in accordance with nature, the one whose body is relaxed feels happy. For one who is happy, there is no need to want, may my mind be concentrated. Monks, this is in accordance with nature, that the happy man's mind is concentrated. Because for one who is concentrated, there is no need to want, may I understand and see as it really is, because this is in accordance with nature, the one who is concentrated understands and sees as it, is, as it really is. Because the one who understands and sees as it really is, there is no need to want, may I become disenchanted and detached. Because this is in accordance with nature, the one who understands and sees as it really is, becomes disenchanted and detached. One who is disenchanted and, has bec- and is detached, there is no need to want, may I experience the knowledge and insight of liberation. Because it's in accordance with nature, the one who is disenchanted and has become detached will experience the knowledge and insight of liberation. <clears throat> and of course, there's all quite a f- range of ways in which you can translate some of those key terms. <clears throat> but uh, really what um, uh, to point to or is this kind of thread that runs through. Um, incidentally, if you want to look it up sometime, this is in the, the, book, the book of the Nines, I think, in Gutra Nikaya, or the book of the Tens. Um, there's a kind of thread running through it and it's this sense of what's called in accordance with nature is what these translators translate it as the phrase is dhammata or uh, dhammata means uh, it's it's dhammic (laughs) dhammata you know tar is just the kind of way of making something into a, an essence. It's dhammic. It's in accordance with dhamma. It's nature of dhamma. It's the law of dhamma. It's the, that kind of thing. But of course, you've got to translate dhamma as something. You know, the person is translated as nat- nature. You know, something kind of essential or um, uncontrived, you might say. You know, uncontrived. Not patterned in. Not something that's um, done or brought around through an act of the will. It just kind of flows along. Yeah. And there's a sense in which the, the quality of intention is used to a degree, and there's a quality, and also it's 
um, particularly to a, uh, in a particular way. And the quality of intention, what your motivation is, just to actually tune in to this, uh, this principle, as uh, this principle of Dhamma, and uh, wherever you can reach it. Mm. And it progresses, if you like, it moves along from the level of what you might say our behavior, external behavior, through to um, meditation, and through to uh, insight and realization. Mm. So this kind of movement occurs by itself, and yet not exactly by itself. You have to keep tuning in, um, which is the point, uh, that you actually bring the mind to bear upon such things as the quality of ethics, you know, the quality of ease, or the quality of um, gladness. You know. Um, you know, so it's that degree of intention to actually tune in. Um, and then as you tune in, you begin to experience a kind of a something within something like ethical norms, which is actually buoyant or you know, freeing or has this, has this taste to it. And the, the Buddha said all his teachings are of, of the same taste, the taste of freedom, a sense of relief or release, openness, um, not patterned, <clears throat> not contrived, not fabricated, not, you know, something that we're trying to wangle or make work for us. Mm-hmm. It always has this flavor to it. And I think the important bit to, to recognize is there is a sense in which there's a deliberate application and there's a sense in which there's actually just the real receptivity, which is not about doing anything or making anything happen or getting anything going. It's just tuning in, hearing the tune, following it. And it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, it goes quieter and quieter. It's like a, a river starts off as a kind of bubbling stream then then broadens into something very broad and eventually just kind of empties itself into this vast um, sense of liberation. Mm. Which in a way is present throughout, you know, because when we are, um, you know, liberation is in a kind of very... Um, uh, you can apply it to being free from ill will, for example doesn't mean you're completely liberated from all kinds of suffering, but you're free from ill will. Or you're free from ill will for this particular moment. You know? <laughs> so it's like that. You know, liberation is seen as just the absence of things that are hooking, things that are snagging, things that are hanging up, things that are causing stress and suffering. Hmm. And um, you know, some of these are, you might say, ethical things like violence, um, greed, this kind of thing. Some of them are much more to do with, um, you know, the mind getting snagged on thinking or worrying or planning or things of this nature. Um, so just be free from that is a relief. Some of them are much subtler than that, just the, the nagging sense of, well, how am I and how is it going to be and is it really going to work for me and so forth, you know. And that kind of nagging, cramping um, thing, to be free from that. Doubt, worry. So all these have the taste of freedom. The taste of freedom is a particular flavor to it, you know, the flavor of Dhamma. And it's a kind of, it's a light flavor. It's not this kind of heavy, spicy, pickled um, qualities to it, real, like, um, that we tend to detect as flavor. It's like the flavor of really clear, clean water. And after a while you've got to appreciate it as your palate gets more, more sensitive. You don't really like the heavy, uh, greasy or spicy stuff that used to really be enjoyable. You kind of like the cleanness and it's got a particular tang to it because you just feel fresh and bright. But uh, that's, that's the thread. And when, you know, to follow that particular sense of freeing up, you know, freeing up, the easing up, as it, as it, and to follow it from its source, 
through to its its estuary, to its its unfo- to its emptying. Mm. Oh. And maybe the thing to to uh, is bear in mind is that this is not uh, this is not meditation. It is and it isn't. But so often, you know, we tend to almost begin with meditation and expect a lot out of meditation and and try all kinds of things in meditation and uh, get hung up about meditation and do intensive meditation and give up on meditation and you know. Actually, you know, meditation's there, you know, it's a whole phase of it, but it doesn't begin with meditation. If you begin with meditation, you often get, you know, somewhere along the line you've got to backtrack. Because <laughs> it gets so so tedious just watching your brain, your mind spooling and spooling, <laughs> going round and round in circles and, you know... Or, or just being confined to, to the meditation period or the meditation retreat as, as one's only experience, possibility of liberation. It's just, well, who, you know, who's, how long are we going to sit here for? Mm. So there's always that sense of, you know, can you, can you get uh, the same flavor out of how you're behaving? You know, out of how, you, how, how you're actually... Um, keeping yourself in good humour, keeping your spirits up, feeling a sense of gladness in your life, you know, and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm someone who's glad at heart," you know. Fine, I mean, I'm not kind of like arahant. Um, this is the big liberation moment. I'm free from the sense of oppression and doubt. I'm glad-hearted. I've got no malice, you know. I've got nobody. I want to. Nobody's give me a hard time, you know that and I've got no nothing I regret in my life um, and often with, with this kind of process what's required is this sense of a kind of like a dialogue you know and in fact you know this is where actually where when you learn this it really helps the meditation because this dialogue well you know I'm calling it a dialogue goes right through, you know, and it's dialogue is when you actually, means you, you, you turn towards something and you bear it in mind bear in mind it's mindfulness, you know just you bear something in mind and you kind of listen to it and you feel it out you try to really get the, the, the where it's touching you you know, the real, not every little circumstantial detail, but the bit that's really touching you, you know, the happy bit or the, you know, the, the bit that's got the, the life in it or the crucial bit, you know. Mm. Like where essentially, and this bit is really, basically, you know, you might say this bit, where is there tension or suffering or pushing or resistance or holding or, and when, where is there, Opening, steadying, calming, being present, you know. You're looking for that. And you really, that's the kernel of the Four Noble Truths. You know, suffering, non-suffering. Stress, non-stress. And that's the, that's, so you're listening for that. You're looking for that. You're f- feeling for that. These are all just metaphors, aren't they? You're kind of trying to get the touch of that. In, in in your mind, <clears throat> and as you get that, then you you come into you expand the awareness of that. That is, you really feel the way that the way you get the sense of the, the non-suffering, and you just give yourself to that. You open up into that. So that's full awareness. You know? So in meditation, and there's it, a quite deliberate process can occur called vitaka, which means you deliberately bring something to mind. You know, like um, breathing, walking, bring it to mind. You know, putting it at the top of the pile of your attention. You can think it, or use a word, or just keep bringing it up. And then bearing it in mind, then 
which is mindfulness, and then feeling it out, vichara, vichara, contemplating it, turning around, evaluating it, and then sampajanya, full awareness of that. And you expand your awareness of that. And so a kind of a, something arises out of these, you must distill something out of, out of your experience. And you come to the distillation of where the taste of freedom is, where the pressure's off, where the, the openness is, where the beauty is. And you expand your awareness of that. You dwell in that. That's called concentration. What it does, you know, is it starts to break up a lot of these really compulsive, compelled, stuck patterns that we have. Psychological patterns, worry patterns, doubt patterns, need patterns, fear patterns, not good enough patterns. These kind of programs that we don't do deliberately, they're just kind of stuck there. And you get so used to them, they become you. You, know? you get familiar with them. You sit down and meditate and you do your patterns. You know? The mind just rolls right in there. That's what it knows how to do. <laughs> You pick up the thread of non-dhamma and just go with it, you know. And it takes you in a familiar world, comes running out. And uh, amazing, amazing stuff, you know. This is patterning, or sankharas, patterns and programs. <clears throat> so you have these patterns and programs, uh, sankharas, which arise out of, of avijja, non-seeing, or seeing it wrong, or seeing the wrong, looking at the wrong things in the wrong way, in the wrong light. You know, looking at the wrong things in the wrong way, in the wrong light, the wrong attitude, and then up come these programs. Who's getting what? How am I? What will I be? What was I? Can I, can I be, um, you know, them, me, us, who, who's better, who's worse, um, and so on. Fear, fear things, feeling intimidated. They're the kind of things that we, we get this sense of what we are somehow gets, gets in these. This is all programs that arise out of seeing things wrong. And what we, because when you look at it, when you really start to, you know, just bring up that question of who does this all belong to? Who is all this? Who's doing all this? You kind of got, um, um, yeah, right. <laughs> who, who is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, all you can find out is you can find out how you are. All these things that are telling you how you are, you're happy, you're progressing, you're, de- you're declining, you're having a bad day, a good day, this way, that. You can find all this stuff tells you how you are. Nothing really tells you who you are. There isn't one. You see, in the heart, you tend to take how you are for who you are. Because the heart keeps going back to that sense of Oh, you know, I feel tired, I don't feel so good today, I mean, my mind is a bit disturbed, you know, so therefore I'm a disturbed person, you know. It's not an analytical, it's not a deduction, it's a view. It just, it just lines up that way. This is the view, the wrong view. It is not a deliberate act at all. You can't just kind of stop doing it because the mind has adopted a particular view. It's like you look through a particular angle and line things up and this sense of a self arises you line up this and that and this and that and there you are, that's me you know, the mind just sees it like that and it's coming out of that view is really the aim of, of um, 
is what liberation is, you know, from avijja to vijja, from seeing things wrong to clarity, is one way of looking at a kind of awareness that uh, can be free. Mm. And this this view is is not it doesn't it doesn't it always sits it underpins things it doesn't sit on top like nobody's going around saying I am me 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 I, you know it doesn't it's not a loud voice but it, all of the doubts all of the pushes all of the drives all of the inadequacies all of the they all rest upon this fundamental alignment you know of I actually am a historical person born so many years ago, I will be this, and in the future, goodness knows what I will be, you know. So I want to make it work because in the future I'm going to, you know. And you try to really put your finger on who that is right now, and you you just get a kind of a, you feel it's an anxious, it's a worry, it's an uncertainty, it's it's a it's a thirst, it's a wanting, it's a resisting. It's definitely a something, but it, one thing it isn't is a three-dimensional person. Not to say it doesn't have to be dealt with, or it doesn't have validity, that um, it's insignificant. It's extremely significant. And that's why you have to get it really in right view, which is to see things as they are. This is the anxious, this is the happy, this is the confident, this is the wanting to help, this is the feeling, can't do it. And which of these do we really want to go with? And the ones we don't want to go with, you know, then what do we do about that? How do we come out of these patterns? This is the process, isn't it? And you start to look at this, you know, this, well, actually, you know, there you are, you know, well, can you just kind of check what's happening in your body? Feeling sort of tense or nervous or flustered or clammy or lost my body altogether. Okay, well, let's see if you can come into your body. Is your body relaxed? Is it bright? No. And then you kind of you come in on this list, and very often what can occur is people you just can't come in on on watching the breath. Sometimes you can, <clears throat> but for most people, I really doubt it. You can just come in on on uh, uh, watching the watching the breathing. You've got to come back to actually deliberately thinking a little bit you know, walking or just trying to really feel your physical form or even talking to somebody, you know. Listening to something, reading something, and that's where it starts to, you get something a little bit more um, full on, not so subtle. Mm. So it's just knowing where you have to come in, really. Maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you just kind of start to you know, recollect the good qualities in your life. You'll feel a sense of satisfaction, gladness in your heart. And just open that up, expand awareness of that. Try to f- feel your body in that, breathing into that, you know, relaxing with that. And, you know... But always you kind of bring in this kind of dialogue, bring it something to mind, bear it in mind, get the feeling of it, expand the non-suffering, expand the goodness, fill yourself with that, steady in that, rest in that, stay with it as long as you like. You know? And let, then take it, see where it's going. And it goes to um, comes out of these patterns, really, to, to from a very heavy, coarse patterns of um, very intense self-views of despair or aggression or busyness, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, you know, 
to to subtler patterns mm. where there's just that hankering to get a little bit more still or a little bit more quiet or a little bit is this it you know when's the mystic moment going to open when those portals of the death are going to spring apart and pop me out you know <laughs> been knocking on that door for a while <laughs> oh oh a little bit of, little bit of grasping there. <laughs> you know, don't happen that way. You've got to follow the Dhamma. Have practices in accord with Dhamma. Mm. And it's kind of, I think the dialogue is really important. You know, sometimes just dialogue with other people. Really helpful. I value that. I get stuck in all kinds of scenarios in my mind and just get somebody to look, what are you here for? You know, oh yeah, right, you know, I'm not here to make things work, I'm not here to settle everybody else's business, I'm not here to make everything, no, no, right, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, my mind easily, very easily gets into thinking about everybody else <laughs> and what I should do and what I could do and it's going to, how long it's, you know, this, that and the other. Worry, real, very, very common pattern for me. But then, if you know, but at least the dialogue with oneself, now you say something like, um, Sila. Here it's translated as, you know, ethical norms or something like that. <clears throat> For one who is, uh, keeps the ethical norms and precepts and so forth, there's no need to, for an act of the will, to deliberately, to wish, to hunger, to try to make it happen, that one will feel free from remorse. It's in accordance with Dhamma that one will feel free from remorse. Mm. Actually, this bit alone... Because, you know, when I first took precepts in a monastery, I didn't feel in a big rush of freedom from remorse. I didn't feel anything on that. You know, do this, okay, fine, right. It was no really big deal, you know, but not eating in the evening was about it, really. The rest of it was pretty much what was happening anyway. It wasn't great. Killing wasn't a big thing for me. I never did kill things. Stealing, you know, a little bit of pinching people's food at university sometimes. You know, kind of go around the fridges and help myself to a slice of other people's bacon. In the common room. It was not a big feature in my life, bank robbery. Sexual misconduct or sexual activity, well... It was never really a big deal. Um, more of it, more of the big deal was actually trying to make it happen, or you know, actually getting any. <laughs> it's kind of like ninety percent of trying to make it happen, ten percent of getting any, <laughs> and so on. So none of them were really that that kind of a, a massive topic. So not doing them anymore, apart from not eating in the evening was not like, you know, wow, finally arrived. It was just so, uh-huh. Didn't feel a great thing. In fact, after a while, I'd feel, I didn't feel anything to go to the priesthood. I'd quite like to slaughter the entire mosquito population of the world with more of the emotion that rose in my mind. Wouldn't mind going down to the kitchen and nabbing myself a bit of tasty food instead of the slop they dished up. Yeah. After a while, I suddenly remembered all those sexual occasions I could have caught if I'd have been a bit sharper. <laughs> you know, damn it, I missed that one. She fancied me, I'm sure. <laughs> so the only regret I had was not, not actually <laughs> catching the chance when it happened. I didn't feel it. So the thing was, the dialogue, I never really talk on the dialogue. You know, I was keeping the precepts. It wasn't actually really... Um, you know, engaging with them. 
in a sense of what does it feel like? You know, what does it feel like to not to not? You know, not just to to not do, but to have a sense of conscience and concern, a sense of straightness, a sense of you know. Um, in other words, sila is sometimes it comes. From the, I think the origin of the word is something like a container, a support, or a structure. So we can focus on the container of a structure, or you can actually focus on what it contains. So you know, most of us come to rules as do this, don't do that. You do this. If you don't do it, you're going to get punished. You know, let's get caught. That's the only commandment you have to keep. Don't get caught. <laughs> Thou shalt not get caught. Rest of it. <laughs> so it's just you do it because that's what you have to do. Um, you actually get a feeling of, of uh, something beautiful about it or something enjoyable about it or something deepening about it. Yeah. till you take it on voluntarily and you kind of, you know... And you get a sense of what what is contained in that. In that in that not doing, there's a lot of richness of fellow feeling and sympathy and conscientiousness and not messing around with people, you know, telling it straight. You really can actually get in there and feel it though. I remember sometimes quite clearly I had this acknowledgement somewhere else. There was a sink, you know, and it was early morning, and I was going to go down and have a wash. The light was very dim. The sink, of course, is white enamel. I was just about to turn the water, and I see these little black specks. Whoops, ants. Don't turn the water on. You know, just that moment of creatures, don't destroy them. It's all, well, that's amazing. Really? No, it's not, is it? And yet suddenly the, the sense of I might actually concern for these little creatures and interested in them and recognizing their kind of unique life forms. You know, and something difficult to put in words, the sense of the real, the um, just honoring the other life forms having the right to be here just as much as I did, and they didn't have to get out of my way, they didn't have to apologize for existence, they didn't have to be nice or pretty or furry or clean or wonderful or chirpy. They just could be alive and that was fine and you know and they could just enjoy them for that. And say, Okay, I'll make room for you, you know, I'll I'll wash somewhere else, so I'll get a bucket of water and, you know, take your own time, ants, you know, do your thing. They weren't going to bother me. <laughs> That's kind of really nice, you know, to get that 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 feeling of how how kind of bright and happy the heart could be made just by that by their not doing. <clears throat> so remorse is is perhaps uh, you know uh, I don't know. Kind of rather, you know, it's shoving everything together into under this one word. It's a turbulence. It's a kind of, a, you know, um, the one's one's mind is stirred in uh, in un in unlovely ways, contemptuous ways, dismissive ways, manipulative ways. Ang- my want my way. Get out of my way. I want to, don't bother me with my time, you know. What can I sort of kind of get out of you? How is it going to work? These sorts of things. Hmm. And just even with uh, sexual uh, abstinence, restraint, it's actually much more than that. Precepts is, is our brahmacharya. So it's like the... the one refrains from the not brahmacharya. <laughs> so it's like, well, what's the brahmacharya? You know, we tend to see celibacy as something we're not doing, you know, or can't do, or whatever. 
rather than actually celibacy. The English word celibacy here is a translation of the abrahmacharya. So it's the non-brahmacharya. The brahma is the sense of uh, boundless, uncramped. Um, And after a while I began to recognize how, you know, really deepening into the experience of, of that, not as a non-doing, but exactly what is what is present in in relationship. Because actually I didn't see, I didn't angle, I didn't kind of regard other people, women, you know, as something I had to sort of do a deal with or win over or could maybe get something going with, you know. Um, that was kind of nice because you're just straight and you try to be as you know clear and open-hearted as possible uh, and it felt really nice actually really pleasant enjoyable mm. you know kind of a lot of friendly feeling I found for myself because there weren't sort of innuendos and sort of slants and angles and games being played. Mm, sort of clear quality to it. And so the precept, the sealer, really, is a sense of what is contained. You know, there is the container, what's actually in that vessel. And it's a sense of conscience and concern, mutuality. You know, I mean, you count as much as I do here. Um, Mutuality of regard. So in that, we're starting to kind of chip away at some very fundamental angling of that view, the self-view, which is mine. I, I, you know, I'm... Everything else is wallpaper, really. <laughs> well, that's putting it very blunt, blunt isn't it? You know? But the extreme egomaniac is like, you know, this is my life, I'm in charge, and everybody else is just items on the board that we move around, you know? Um, and just to really start chipping away at that as, I don't have to be the number one, the best, the, you know? I just... It's this mutual thing. And the beauty of that is actually that the irony of it is one one ends up winning because you feel so much more comfortable and uh, humorous and joyful in that that, uh, experience, something a bit more... Um, open then when you're trying to be important, have things go one's own way and so forth <clears throat> and that kind of sensitivity conscience and concern <coughs> cause and effect we get a sense of you know, what we do counts for good and for bad obviously there's the kind of the sense in which we recognise karma as don't do bad, but also, hey, you know, you could do good. It doesn't take much to do good. It doesn't take very much at all to do good. It could be just saying three words at the right time, you know. (laughs) It could be just smiling at somebody at the right time. It could be just um, quieting down at the right moment. It could be speaking up at the right moment, you know, to really get the feeling for that. And Certainly in the, in the training, um, in, in contemplative training, a lot one can make out of just um, what they call the abhisamachara, or the higher, or the more refined training, just on, on looking after each other, on sensitivity, on um, caring, on quietness, on tidiness, on things that make life kind of beautiful, you know oneself or other people. Just learning to move around quietly, to have one's eye attentive to how one can help. That's nice. You know? 
It chips away some of these kind of very intense, involved, self-conscious patterns. That's, that's what we're looking for. And then, you know, you, when you, they kind of, you get the gladness of heart, happiness of heart. And it's something that's not because, uh, you know, one's getting something external good happens, because actually it's much deeper than because of what you're doing and not doing. You're really right there, it's right at your fingertips. Hmm? You don't have to wait for the donuts to turn up. You know? A Marmite sandwich, whatever it is. <laughs> A broad hint. <laughs> In, a, in that kind of dialogue, I was interested uh, the other day, you know, a week actually. Is I was sitting in my kuti meditating, and kind of one of the monks came up and said, "Oh, somebody, you know, nobody wants to see you." You know, I'm on retreat, blah 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 blah. Okay, yeah, we've heard that one. This is what's happening. So, okay, there's some, you know, while well, he's a bit desperate or whatever. Okay, fine, right. So, go down. Okay, just start emptying out the little ruffled feeling of, um, you know, oh, no, noise. By the time I got to the house, it had gone. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Okay, there's this guy there, and he's, you know, he's in a desperate state, and uh, he wants to see me, and, you know, uh, can he come on the retreat? He needs a place to stay, he's in dead trouble, if he was frightened, anxious, concerned, you know, can he come and join the retreat? And I'm thinking, uh, wait, no. And so I said, well, actually, um, you know, um, uh, I don't think it's going to work, really. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't see it happening. You're joining, you know, for meditation retreat in a monastery, not knowing anybody, knowing anything in a bad state of mind. I mean, you need attention. You know, I don't think it's going to happen. So um, that's what I had to say. You know, I mean, I've got 35 people here. Um, you know, of Make commitments, you can't just, um, it's not up to me, you know, I just can't dump somebody in. But, I just kind of, so, so what's the problem, you know? Tell me about it. So he started talking about fear and worrying, and nowhere to go. And, uh, I didn't know what to say. So I just listened. And he went on, but I'd been tried to be an anagarica sometimes, so I listened some more. And he kind of paused. So I said, Well, you know, tell me a bit more. What's the problem? I just, you know, the only thing I say was just kind of to keep it going, you know. And uh, then he went on about this and that, and then, and then uh, this hadn't gone right, and people hadn't done this. I said, Yeah, yeah but what can we do right now, you know, that's going to help you? And talked about this and that, and he suddenly, you know, he came down and said, oh, you know, he'd actually, um, he was on the run. You know, he'd beaten somebody up, lost his temper. You know, there was all sorts of stories about why and so forth, and uh, blown it, and he was on the run. I said, oh, okay. Right. Um, I don't think you need meditation right now. You need to do some, you need to do some action. You need to do some good, and you need to try to make amends. That's what you need to do. And we talk some money, and you can see him actually kind of get it. 
and drop something, brighten up. And it just came to an end. Mm. It was like I didn't really know in any of that what, I just knew that I didn't know. And I had to say, well, tell me some more. I didn't know. So where's the point in this? Where's the real stress in this for you? Tell me about it. Where is it? So we got to the point. And then it just spoke for itself, really. Yeah. And his whole thing, just once, once he knew what he had to do, his whole mood dropped. And he started, he picked himself up and he came home and gave me a big hug. And then he sort of happily <laughs> went off to do what he had to do. Whether he did it or not, I don't know, you know. But it was really interesting, just the, the, the sense of just keeping to the point and, you know, where right now and just being prepared to kind of keep the dialogue going till you get to somewhere where something opens up. Somebody actually tells the truth. We don't deliberately lie. Well, sometimes we do, but a lot of times we don't. We, something that keeps kind of not getting the point, you know, trying to cut corners, trying to get happy rather than, look, why are you unhappy? You know? Where is it right now? So wants to skip over. So if you, first of all, you've actually got to get your sealer straight. Where it's not straight, you know, you, there's no point in kind of meditating around it. You, just, you know, you get to the point where you know you have to set something straight, then you start doing it. You know, start doing it. And, uh, and feel good that you actually are in Dhamma. You're coming out of the, the why me and the what, you know. You're actually in, you're in the stream, you're in the flow of it. When you're in the flow of it, it's going to take you somewhere. And how long it takes and so forth. We don't know that. If you try and push a stream, it doesn't work. But you keep tuning in to the stream and feel glad because you're in that, in that stream. And its flavor is straight. Its flavor is clean. Its flavor is bright. And you, can, you feel lifted by it. Mm-hmm. And when one comes, whenever one comes clean, you know, gets to the point, you know, sometimes I kind of can spend most of an afternoon worrying about everybody else. Even people who don't know I can start worrying about, you know. Things that haven't happened yet, so don't worry about that. I get to the point of like, hey, hey, you know, rather than thinking about what's happening here, why don't you think about yourself, what you're doing right now? (laughs) 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 Who, me? (laughs) (laughs) Takes a while, you know, you go, uh, uh, oh yeah, right, (laughs) good idea. You know, you're, you're pretty wound up, aren't you? Yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> and it's this sort of numb feeling of being so far away that, uh, you know, I'm going to get a readout on, on what's happened, you know, on the, on the me bit. Because it's, it's no person there. There's just a kind of uh, a lostness. A lostness. Yeah. An absence of presence, a real ahwija, a non-getting it. And say, okay, what are you trying to do with your life? What's happening for you? What are you trying to do? And, you know, okay, well, let's think about compassion. Let's think about um, good conduct. Think about, just remember these things. Get a feeling for it. Right? It's true. And then a kind of mind comes out of its hypnosis. And, yeah, I don't know what to do about 
everybody else and this, that and the other. Maybe what I should do now though, what I can do now, you know, <laughs> is get a bit clearer and steadier and happier. <laughs> See where that goes. And, you know, through the, uh, you kind of get a feeling for, you know, the sense of a container, a sealer, and that, that, which, is, that which is in the container. You realize just how incredibly sensitive, receptive this mind is. You know, how, how, how much it can take on, how much it can produce... Can universes in there? No problem. Imagine universes, ten of them. Quantum universes, and you know, there is no universe that is too big for my mind. <laughs> It'll take them all. <laughs> you know? Because it's that's the it's the beginning of the world is right there. However big you make it, that's the world the world is. It's right in there. It's you. And you think about it, if you you stop creating a world, what what would be there? Just that beautiful, open, receptive awareness. It's there all the time, actually. Most of the time we're just kind of dumping all this stuff in it. Kind of frantically, restlessly dumping stuff in it. You know, we're not doing it, but that's the program. Fill it up, you know. And so even though there's that kind of receptivity, who is, you know, who is feeling the feeling? What feels the feeling? What hears the thoughts in my mind? What feels the joys and the pangs? Hmm. It's delightful. So we see. May I see things as they actually are? You see that uh, patterning. You get a sensation, a thought, two points, connect them, you've got a self. Don't connect them, they're just as they are. And it's the sense of the, the uh, you know, you see that the way that uh, this whole thing hangs together, the whole compounding of it, the whole connecting of the past and the present and the future and the this and the that and the my feeling and the thought and her and him and she's like this and they're like that. You know, we continually stick all kinds of moods and moments and memories and anticipations and doubts weld them together into these forms that haunt us you know you know some of them are called me some of them are called you some of them are called them some of them are called us some are it and they're all you know little points of experience just stitched together. Hmm. Now when you actually, who are you right now? Is a question, a sound, a thought, a kind of movement of the mind, inquiring, sense of uncertainty, Feeling not interested in the question, dropping it, so forth. 
It's just moment after moment of little points, isn't it? And the view, this view lines them up. It's like you look in the sky and you see these dot, dot, dots, little points of light. You go, oh, there's Orion. There's the plough. You know? There's the bull, whatever it is. It's little points of light. Once you've, once you've gone to recognise them, every time you look up in the sky, it's, oh, there's Taurus. You know? There ain't no bull up there. <laughs> Those stars are millions of miles away from each other. You look in the sky, and there they are. You can see them. Because you've got the view. You know? you link up the dots. You don't you know, do it deliberately each time. Once you've seen it, you see it as that. And I had to unsee it. You know, see, look, there's just a point of light there and a point of light there. That's how it is. And really, I, I got a sense in it, a lot of practice is just about really beginning to kind of notice these patterns, the stress of them, and also that they don't really go very. They don't they don't go anywhere good. They just go round and round, tying themselves up. What I should be, what I'm going to be, what I am, what she is, what they are. You, know, you get tired of it, or lose fascination with it, which is the sense of this disenchantment. Big ideas. I love big ideas. This means that, that, that. You know. It ain't worth a hill of beans, those big ideas, when it comes down to non-suffering. And there's a kind of tension holding it all together. So we start to dialogue on that. You know, what it says, and the truth of it, and the reality of it, and the urgency. What does it feel like? Bear it in mind. Get the flavour of it. Expand the good. Slough off the unnecessary. Go free. That's the way it that's the way the Dhamma empties. And there's a sense of there's a kind of graduated process in that because it's like when you, you realize the, the, uh, the compassion and the skillfulness that the Buddha's teaching is, it's not just a one-shot teaching, like, you know, no self, bang, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool, I like that, it's fine, it's nice and simple. But it, it doesn't work all the time, you know. After all, it's just, it's just an idea in your head. When you're in pain, when you're going nuts, just saying there's nobody really going nuts doesn't actually, um, you know, do it a lot of good. You're in panic. So you've got other other places to catch it with. Is my body relaxed? Is my mind buoyant? Is it oppressed? Is it struggling? Is it pushing? Is it straining? Hmm? Here's my sense of self, the self-respect and the self-worth that comes through really tasting the goodness of a mind that's straight. Is that there? Tasting the goodness of a mind that's harmless, honest, Gentle. Is that there? And you pick it up where you can. So in this way, the, the, the Dharma is a very kind of open field of practice. A place that actually the Buddha particularly you know, developed these teachings so that, you know, Basically, anybody who's not actually, you know, kind of violent psychopath can pick something out of this and, you know, get good results. Mm. 
and you get some good results and you dwell in them and expand it or takes you to further and further and further. Um, so this is the beauty of the teaching. Beauty of the, and it's the, up to us to know the, the skill of the practice by what bit right now is going to work for me in this situation. He won't. Um,